We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am here with my co-host, Andrew Mertig. It is good to be back for another Friday edition of the podcast. Yeah, definitely great to be back, Kyle. Uh, listeners are stuck with just you and myself after Maggie returned to her normal show on Thursdays. And, uh, you know, that's great. We we really appreciate having Maggie around. It, it, yeah, that sounded bad. It, we really appreciate having Maggie around for, for draft season. That's awesome. And, and we love interacting with her. And she certainly brings a lot of attention to the show that we don't as as just normal people. You know, we're not celebrities like Maggie, but I am looking forward to diving into sort of the doldrums of the offseason, except, hey, there's this one really big story with a certain quarterback on the team. So um, we will get into that. But if if I can hijack the show for a moment and, you know, I'm not going to ask your permission. You anyways. Do, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're a regular listener and you haven't taken the time to leave us a review um, on whatever podcasting platform you use, I, I would just ask if you could please take a moment to do that. And and please, you know, consider at least giving us a, a five star review. I, the reason I say this, you know, I don't like the, the self-promotion part of it, but I just realized today there's a podcast I've been listening to for a few months now. 
and I never bothered to listen leave a rating. And it, it's it's sort of obnoxious, right? Like we're hosting a podcast and I'm asking people to do this and I didn't even do it myself. And so I, I just thought, you know, there's probably some people out there who haven't thought to give us a review yet and or or maybe just, you know, haven't gotten around to it. And so if you could take the time, we would really appreciate it. It helps us make sure that we get the best sound quality, you know, that, that we're able to get a partnership with like blue wire podcasts, like we have now that we're able to bring on the best guests that we can. So, um, we just really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Oh, and one more thing, Kyle, one more thing. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <Go for it. laughs> it is a laundry list of things, but, um, so I know the Thursday show was all about the schedule release, but just so we don't get too far away from that, were there any thoughts that you had about the Packers schedule for 2021? Yeah, super fun to see that schedule coming together, all the pieces, you know, fitting together throughout the day. And then we finally get the full drop later in the evening. But, you know, that week 13 bye was probably the one thing that stuck out to me the most, just because obviously they're playing that one extra game. Feels like the season's just stretching on. And then, you know, we've had a few years, it feels like, I'd have to check this, but it feels like we've had several years where we've had a fifth or a week five bye or a week six bye. And now with a with a week 13, it just is so, so late in the season. It's really you've seen a couple of players say we don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because we haven't played this long of a season before. Uh, the other thing that stuck out to me was just that slate of games at the beginning of the season. Uh, the Saints week one um, with a really unstable quarterback situation, not knowing exactly how they're going to do that. Um, and then the Lions in a rebuild week two, and then the 49ers, are we going to see Trey Lance in that third week of the season, or are they still going to be leaning on Jimmy G at that point? So a really interesting start to the season. I think one that favors the Packers, if they played those games a little bit later in the season, I think there could be a little bit more chemistry in all of those scenarios. So I do like that beginning of the schedule uh, for the Packers. What about you? What did you see in that schedule? Yeah, I would agree with that, and I, I especially like that late buy. I think that's usually to a team's advantage to be able to rest and recuperate at that point in the season. I think the one thing that really stood out to me is the Christmas Day matchup with the Cleveland Browns. They, you know, you have a team you only see every four years. They're coming off a really strong season. I thought they had a fantastic offseason, um, and, and I think that matchup's just going to be really, really fun. Hey, it is going to be really fun. And that's a game that basically ne- necessitates snow, doesn't it? Like, you have to have snow on Christmas Day with the Green Bay Packers. It just feels like a perfect match uh, with the Cleveland Browns for sure. Uh, are we ready to jump into the rest of this madness that we're going to get into today? Let's do it. Okay. So, of course, the last several weeks have been all about Aaron Rodgers. If you haven't heard, Crawl out from underneath your rock because everybody's talking about it. Uh, the national sports media is saturated with this drama and all the bits and pieces of the reported tension between Green Bay Packers and your MVP quarterback. Uh, the reality is we don't know what exactly is happening. We don't have all of the facts, and we certainly don't know where this is headed in the coming weeks. But today, Andrew and I wanted to join in on the speculation uh, and what we hope is a helpful and interesting way to do this, because there is certainly a chance that this situation doesn't resolve in a way that has Aaron Rodgers back in Green Bay this fall. We may not want to entertain that thought, but the reality is that it has a chance of being our reality. But Andrew, I'm going to let you entertain this a little bit more, uh, reveal the monstrosity of the show that is ahead of us here and give us a quick recap of why we feel like this is worth our time. 
Yeah, well, I'm guessing people saw the description of the show and then either, like, in in a fit of anger, immediately deleted the episode, <laughs> or you're listening because you're actually interested in this topic. Or maybe you're just hate listening. I don't know, but... <laughs> You can blame me for the topic that we're tackling today. For sure, um, it was my idea, and I had to drag Kyle through um, trying to get this uh, you know, show off the ropes. So um, first of all, let me premise this by saying preface, not premise. Premise. Preface, preface. this by saying we do not want Aaron Rodgers traded. But... There were some interesting landing spots brought up by Andy Herman on the YouTube version of the Pack-A-Day podcast last week. And that inspired me to think, how would we view these trades, right? Because there were some of them I really liked, some maybe not so much, and maybe come up with a couple of our own. So, but first, right, we have to go through what the Twitterverse is saying. And uh, here's some some nuggets from the media this week. You have uh, Mike Garofalo um and this is actually a little bit older now, but um, on NFL Now, on the NFL Network, um, you know, he reported that on Bob McGinn, or Bob McGinn said on the Krause report, uh, you know, that Aaron Rodgers was warning the Packers' prospective free agents for quite some time he wasn't expecting to be back in Green Bay in 2021. I don't understand this one at all because obviously <laughs> the Packers resigned Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari. So, uh, okay. We'll, we'll go with it. Um, James Palmer on NFL Network said that the Broncos feel they have a real shot at Aaron Rodgers and are preparing compensation packages in the case that Rodgers is made available. They feel like they're the destination to be. Ian Rappaport, our friend, uh, said the Packers and Aaron Rodgers have a complicated relationship and it could go in any direction right now. So I don't know. You know, it depends how you feel about Ian Rappaport, but... Is that walking it back a little bit? You know, is he just getting more information now than he had before? Um, but, you know, any direction sounds a little bit more optimistic than, you know, the divorce is eminent. And it really does feel like just about everybody in the sports media market is trying to attach themselves to this story in some meaningful way. And that's not, uh, that doesn't mean that everyone doing so is doing so let's say irresponsibly um, or maliciously, but there's everybody's attached to the story. Everybody has something to add to it. And it's been really interesting. Um, I definitely think it's worth noting that AJ Hawk, James Jones, John Kuhn, and others have had less alarming things to say about the Rogers situation. Some of them have gone as far as to predict that Rogers will be back in Green Bay this fall. However, I do think it's especially worth noting that none of them downplayed the situation. They all acknowledge that there is a conflict, there is a tension between the Packers and Rodgers. It's a very real situation, and in the next three weeks, it's going to be really interesting because if the Packers do trade Rodgers, it's likely going to come after June 1st. That's when his contract is much more tradable. And then it will be interesting to see how crazy that trade market gets if it becomes known that the Packers do feel forced to trade him at this time um, and he does become a legitimately available player that much of the league would be obviously then very interested in. So we're going to go ahead and do this. Like we said, this is kind of like pulling teeth. We don't want to entertain the idea that Aaron Rodgers is no longer a Packer, but it may be a reality, so let's do this. Um, Let's talk about what happens if Green Bay is not where Aaron Rodgers is playing in 2021. 
All right, for the second time, and right after you just said it, <laughs> We're gonna I'm going to say, gonna say it again. we do not want Aaron Rodgers traded. Okay? Are we good? All right. Are we I good? Am, how many them. Twitter mentions am I going to get about yeah, this show? So true. many. Um, okay. This is simply an exercise to see what his value would be, potentially. I promise discussing this is not going to have any actual impact on him getting traded or not, right? Like, we won't jinx anything. It'll all be all right. Um, so, okay, this is what this is what Andy Herman had to say um, on the May 7th YouTube Pack-A-Day podcast. Uh, you know, first of all, he prefaced this with, with a lot of, of different, um, you know, context around it, right? Matt Stafford got two firsts, a third, and Jared. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Goff. So like you set that as the floor, right? And then you look even further, Trey Lance, the 49ers gave up three first round picks and a third round pick to get him. So like, okay, that's that's the new floor because, you know, you're not getting less for Aaron Rodgers than you get for Trey Lance or Matt Stafford. So, um, you know, the Packers can clear about $16 million in cap space if they trade him post June 1st. So that's the maximum for bringing back veterans, right? Unless there's another coinciding move that we're not anticipating. You can't just bring back all the contracts you want, right? Like I know people throw around names just because they're names like Von Miller, but like it ain't happening. So the first trade that he brought up was with the Carolina Panthers and that's quarterback Sam Darnold. Linebacker Jeremy Chin, Chin uh, three first-round picks, two second-round picks. And I think that premium is a little bit higher because they're an NFC team. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand-new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win... You'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply.
See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yeah, so Carolina is super interesting, right? Because before the Sam Darnold trade, it seemed like they were a very natural landing place for Rodgers in 2022, right? Next year. Dave Tepper, the owner there, is known for his aggressive vision for the team. He wants things changed. He wants things his way. And so they've just kind of flipped the whole organization there. And so maybe the Darnold thing doesn't take them out of this running because obviously Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. And if the Packers were able to get a Darnold uh, involved in this trade, maybe you play Sam Darnold for a year and then flip him for a second or a third round pick to add to that hall of first round picks that you've already received. And then obviously Jeremy Chin would be great for the backers to add to that defense. Uh, And you've got to believe that Joe Brady uh, would do some incredible things there in Carolina. If he were to get his hands on Aaron Rodgers and you find yourself as a lock then for a head coaching gig, if you're Joe Brady uh, with those Panthers, probably putting all this together. But I really do think the Panthers uh, have to be seen as a dark horse in this because of what they've done at the quarterback position. But And it's really fun uh, as a match if they were able to make it all work. Yeah, so the next trade that Andy mentioned was with the Washington football team. And there you get defensive lineman Duran Payne, offensive tackle Sam Cosme, three first-rounders. And and then whatever – so this was a fun little uh, caveat that Andy put on here. Whatever draft compensation would be required to get the Jaguars to give you Gardner Minshew. So it's sort of – Sort of a little bit of a three-way trade there. But if yeah. the Jags are saying, we need a fourth-round pick for Gardner Minshew, then the the uh, Washington football team would have to give you that fourth-round pick as well. Okay, so I really, I really like this option. I know we talk a lot about Denver, and the Raiders get in the mix quite a bit, right, as an option. But I really like Washington as another dark horse. Maybe not as much of a dark horse as Carolina, but a dark horse for a couple of reasons. First, We've seen teams like Denver and Carolina kind of hedge their bets at the quarterback position with placeholders, right? Um, Washington has done nothing at the quarterback position. And I know it's not completely fair to someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's there. uh, But there is no long-term upside or plan here in Washington at the quarterback position. Um, The rest of the offense is ready to go, though. This is a team that is ready to go. Uh, The offensive line is in really good shape. They just added Sam Cosme for some future reinforcements. Um, They have one of the most exciting young running backs in the league and Antonio Gibson. And then, of course, they've restocked their wide receiver group. They've got McLaurin, right? And then they've added Curtis Samuel and Diami Brown now. So I think the fit is really nice to go ahead and insert a veteran quarterback like Rodgers, not to mention the NFC East is a total disaster. So now might be Washington's chance to go ahead and shoot to the top of the division with a move like adding someone like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, But there are also a couple of reasons. I've laid out reasons why I like this for Washington. There are a few reasons I think that this is a nice fit for the Packers. First, I think you can get Ryan Fitzpatrick back in the trade, which isn't exciting but would give you a solid serviceable bridge to Jordan Love, right? You don't feel like your whole 2021 season is mailed in because you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick who can hold things together. But then I think you get those first three three first-round picks, as Andy mentioned. And I know Andy mentioned Deron Payne, but I also think Jonathan Allen is an interesting name on this defensive line. I know contract things are a little bit different in those kinds of ways. Uh, you could also try to pry one of those defensive linemen away. And then another really interesting name here. I know this is a little bit outside the box would be rookie linebacker Jamin Davis. 
Okay, Brian Gutekinds mentioned that Green Bay was interested in adding a linebacker earlier in the draft, but that the board didn't quite break that way. So I'm not saying they were targeting Davis in the first round, but Davis would certainly give them a different kind of linebacker than they've had in a really, really long time. So uh, if you send Rodgers to the Washington football team and you come away with three first round picks, a defensive lineman, impactful defensive lineman or a rookie linebacker and then that bridge quarterback. I think you feel pretty good about that. Yeah, and honestly, I think what you said, you know, with Fitzpatrick versus, like, you know, Andy's example of Gardner Minshew, I'd almost be tempted to go with Fitzpatrick and just say, all right, we're going to make a push for the playoffs this year, and then we're going to turn things over to Jordan Love after that. And I almost like that better than, um, you know, Minshew, who I don't really, you know, you're less sure of what his ceiling could be, but you also know that there's a reasonable chance that his floor is somewhere that's going to lead you not to make the playoffs. Yeah, and Fitzpatrick is, like, perfect because he's been a proven player everywhere he's been. He's been at least what you wanted him to be as a serviceable player, but he's not intimidating in the slightest if your plan is to go to Jordan Love. So there's no drama there. It's like, okay, you're the starter, but it doesn't get in the way of the future. So I I like that match a lot. So the next trade that Andy mentioned was with the Las Vegas Raiders. You have quarterback Derek Carr, two first-round picks, and one third-round pick. Okay, so the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a super interesting match because of the quarterbacks that are currently on that Raiders roster. Obviously, we've mentioned Derek Carr here, and I really like that he would have chemistry with Devontae Adams from their days uh, there at Fresno State. And maybe just a little bit of an ability to smooth things over a bit. I think we're all a little bit worried about the Devontae Adams implications of a trade here. Um, But I also think Marcus Mariota is another name that we have to at least mention in this. Obviously, he has the LaFleur connection from when they were in Tennessee together. And so he could be a guy who is another bridge quarterback that would make some sense, that would probably play pretty well. He played pretty well in Oakland when he had an opportunity. So someone who can bridge you to Jordan Love and, again, not be that intimidating uh, presence there either. I know it's probably not possible, but I'm going to add this in here, too. Can you imagine if there was a way that the Packers were able to pry Darren Waller away in a trade? I know that's probably a little bit outside the realm of what's possible, but I mean, it could it could be really interesting. Well, that would be that would be really fun. I, I'm sure Mr. Rogers would not be real happy with the Raiders <laughs> if they included Darren Waller uh, in that trade package. I, I just you know for me this particular trade is a little light in the draft compensation, right? Like two first round picks and a third. Um, really what you're paying for there is getting back the the veteran in Derek Carr, who's going to be the Band-Aid quarterback. And I just, you know, I, I feel like if you're going to trade Aaron Rodgers, you're sort of admitting next year's not the year. Mm-hmm. So why essentially pay extra to get Derek Carr when you could be getting, you know, better draft compensation from another team? Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, probably the most frequently discussed landing spot, and that is the Denver Broncos. So the trade proposal that Andy mentioned, and we'll mention another one as we go through this, but um, was quarterback Drew Locke, somebody the Packers certainly had their eye on um, at some point, wide receiver Jerry Judy, and three first-round picks. Um, in order to make this happen, Andy thought, you know, the Broncos are giving up Jerry Judy, so you have to send back MVS in exchange and MVS on the last year of his contract uh, when he's probably going to walk at the end of next year anyways isn't too too bad. So you get the Band-Aid quarterback with Drew Locke, 
Um, and maybe he actually turns into something if Love isn't good, or you could flip him for more draft compensation if Love is ready. You get a promising young wide receiver in Judy. You get three first-round picks that we anticipate would probably be late in the draft. So, you know, that's at least interesting. We know Rodgers has an injury history, so there is always the potential, no matter which team we're talking about, that the picks could end up being quite a bit better than what we're thinking. But there's also the challenge of, you know, the the Broncos playing a division with the Chiefs, the Chargers, and Raiders. So even with Aaron Rodgers, like, there's no gimmies in that division. Um, so it is unreasonable to see a path for them to miss the playoffs maybe one time in those three years that you're getting their first-round pick. We've also heard a lot about Patrick Sertain II. Um, and Andy suggested the Packers could at least ask to flip Sertain for Eric Stotes, Stokes. Um, that would definitely sweeten the deal, in, in my opinion, yeah. um, sort of jumping up from Stokes to Sertain. Um, but still, you know, that's a tough pill to swallow. But uh, you, you, there was a Twitter rumor, correct? Yeah, surrounding the Broncos, and I, I don't know. I, I want to get into that in just a second here because I want to talk about I'm obsessed with tight ends right now, okay? So I'm, I'm looking at the Darren Waller thing with the Raiders. Um, it would be a lot of fun to get Noah Fant back in this scenario, and I know that that's not something Andy threw out, but uh, I know that the contract is a little bit of a problem, but I joked about something else here on Twitter that Kyle Fuller is out there in Denver now, right? And Goody has been, just been obsessed with Kyle Fuller for years. And this would be the most insane way possible to make that Goody dream come true, right? He's just dodged the Packers in two different scenarios. Not that he didn't want to be a Packer, uh, but would just be totally crazy. Okay, more realistic, coming back to Earth. Um, one other name worth watching in this chaos is edge rusher Bradley Chubb. Um, ben Albright has mentioned Chubb's name several times. I think I've seen him put it out twice uh, when discussing a potential trade and what that might look like for Aaron Rodgers. Um, he would give the Packers crazy depth at edge in 2021 and then a fifth-year option in 2022 if they decided to go ahead and pick that up. But um, things could get really interesting if the Broncos and Raiders ended up being the biggest suitors for Rodgers. I think this is a really, really interesting piece of this. Uh, imagine knowing that if you lose out on that bidding war, uh, your division now has Mahomes, um, Rodgers, and Herbert, and you are not one of those teams, right, if you lose out on this. So it's hard to think that you are winning much in the next five years if you lose out on Rodgers and he goes to another team in your division um, if you are this division. So uh, things could get wild if the Packers get the Raiders and Broncos in that bidding war. Um, but before we move on, today there was a bit of a rumor that came out, and I want to make sure that I get this right because it just did come out. So let's be accurate here. Um, Albert Breer is the one who's speculating, and I guess he talked to a couple uh, execs around the league just to kind of see what they expect the Packers could potentially fetch in a trade. And this is all built then around the, the Broncos because they're the team that's most often linked to Aaron Rodgers in a trade. And so he speculates that the Packers could get Drew Locke, Bradley Chubb, there's that name again, guard Dalton Reisner, a 2022 first-round pick, a 2022 second-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick, and a 2024 first-round pick. So this is, you know, this is interesting. I mean, Albert Breer doing his work around the league just to see what does Aaron Rodgers fetch in a trade, obviously then tied to the Broncos. And that's quite 
a haul. So people are talking about this all across the league, and we're hearing some of the same names uh, stay consistent in the trade too, which is interesting. Yeah, so um, one other final fifth uh, option that Andy threw out there, and that was with the Cleveland Browns, um, and that would be for quarterback Baker Mayfield, safety Grant Delpit, and a third-round pick. Okay, so interesting. The Browns have said, or it at least has been reported, that they are not interested in Aaron Rodgers and that they're committed to Mayfield and they love his future with the team. But that is exactly what an organization is going to say until the conversation gets serious, right? They can't flirt with another quarterback of Aaron Rodgers, you know, um, pedigree and ruin their current situation. So don't completely rule out the Browns, uh, but maybe it's just the draft nut in me, but I would really like a little bit more in draft capital in any trade that involves Aaron Rodgers. To me, Mayfield is a good player. He's a young starter, has a good future in the league, uh, but I need a little bit more in the way of some draft picks uh, to make this go. Yeah, so this was Andy's favorite option of, you know, five what I would consider less than ideal scenarios and I do not like Baker Mayfield as a star quarterback I think he's just going to be a guy who floats around that like eight to ten range as far as the best quarterbacks in the league and never really ascends to like superstardom so for me that isn't quite good enough in return but I guess like what is right right Um, right so let's throw out some options that that we put together and the the first one for me is with the Philadelphia Eagles, because um, as you mentioned, the NFC East is is pretty wide open. I don't think that's a team that's completely devoid of talent. They have a lot of weaknesses. They mm-hmm. certainly had to like release a lot of players that they would have liked to keep. Their offensive line is a little bit shaky, but you get Aaron Rodgers in that situation. They have a lot of playmakers, um, and I think there's enough of a pass rush on that defense to maybe you know make yourselves a contender in the NFC. So what I thought of for a trade package um, is quarterback Jalen Hurts. That's your Band-Aid quarterback. Uh, 2022, you get two first-round picks because Philadelphia has their own, but they also have Miami's. In 2022, uh, or I'm sorry, also in 2022, you get whatever the pick they're going to get from the Colts for Carson Wentz is. So that could be potentially be a first-round pick. It could be a second-round pick. And then you get the 2023 first round pick from the Eagles. So potentially you're going to get an additional three first round picks next year. And then you're going to get their 2023 first round pick. Why would the Eagles do this? I don't know. You, you can talk about it. <laughs> no. So this is really interesting because the Eagles would have to figure out how to make the salary cap work. Um, with Aaron Rodgers, but they've proven time and time again that they are fine with mortgaging the future for the present there in Philly. And Hertz would be really intriguing to get for the Packers because he might be awesome in the Matt LaFleur offense. I can see that being a really, really nice fit. And so there's at least a chance that you get a starting quarterback and all of that draft capital with the option to then potentially either trade Hertz or Love in a year or so. So really interesting. Yeah, and what what I was going to say is I, I think this is one of the few scenarios where I really view this as a big win for the Packers. I mean, you're never going to get enough compensation to make up for Aaron Rodgers. It, it won't happen. It's not going to happen, yeah. But I think this is a nice scenario because you're getting three first-round picks potentially, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think— if I'm remembering correctly, it's relatively easy for Carson Wentz to meet the standards to get that to a first-round pick. But, you know, you're getting those three first-round picks. You're going to have four first-round picks total. The Packers could do whatever they want. But then, in addition, two of those picks 
have nothing to do with your team or the team you're trading Aaron Rodgers to, right? So you, you, you're hurting your own draft compensation by giving them one of the best quarterbacks in league history, right? <laughs> you, you immediately assume that the pick's going to be in the late 20s by mm-hmm. doing that. But at least you're getting one or two picks back that could potentially um, add to that or then you start getting zany in your ability to like trade up or trade picks for players and, and do those sorts of things. So I, of, of a bunch of bad options, I like that one the most. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I'm glad you brought up the, basically like in finance, like you're diversifying your investment, right? So like if you're not banking on one team being bad uh, to be picking high, so you kind of hope, you know, Miami or, you know, that some of those other teams, Indianapolis has a chance to then, um, be picking a little bit higher than than maybe the Eagles would be with Aaron Rodgers. So that's interesting for sure. Okay, so I'm going to toss out something here, which is kind of an annoying scenario. It's been floated, and it may be a little bit more ESPN uh, hype as far as like something that they would love to see happen than what can maybe actually be plausible. But it was reported that Russell Wilson was unhappy in Seattle. And I think the contract situation would be really interesting to work through and try to establish the correct value in a trade. But I can see a scenario in which Seattle and Green Bay just kind of look at their situations and shrug and say, okay, like nobody's happy and they could swap quarterbacks. I think Aaron Rodgers would be fine playing in the Northwest. I'm not absolutely sure that Russ would be super excited about playing in the small market of Green Bay. Uh, But it's not incredibly far from the Chicago market that he was reportedly fine with being traded to just a couple months ago. So, um, of course, Wilson has the Wisconsin connections as well. That's there. And we know John Schneider and the Packers have a long, long history together. So maybe the Packers could somehow get Dwayne Eskridge thrown in this deal. Uh, Andrew and I have a have a crush on Dwayne Eskridge, so that'd be fine. We'd, we'd be okay with that. But clearly this is something that would be really, really complicated, but would be a trade that would give the Packers and the Seahawks both top-tier quarterbacks without really having to push the reset button in their franchise. So you dodge that bullet. Um, of course, we'd all spend a fair amount of time throwing up at the side of Aaron Rodgers in a Seahawk uniform, and I'm not sure how I'd feel about Wilson in Green Bay. Uh, but boy, this one would be a ton of fun uh, for the good people at ESPN. They'd be writing all kinds of high drama stories for just months and months leading up to the NFL season if this were to happen. Yeah, so one final trade I'll throw out there. Um, the aforementioned Miami Dolphins, who who might be in a situation where they could kind of push some of the chips to the table that they've had. Uh, and this trade package would be centered around quarterback Tua Tugavola, which I just butchered his last name. It's <laughs> funny because I've said it right every other time. Uh, the 2022 first-round pick that they have from San Francisco, the, their own second-round pick next year, and then two 2023 first-round picks because Miami has their own in 2023 plus San Francisco's. Mm-hmm. So um, they would probably, I think, in in this sense, have to throw in like one of their really good defensive starters. Maybe you could prize uh, Zaven Howard away because I know he's entering the last year in his deal. Um, and and there's some some risk. Uh, you know, he kind of had a career year after not necessarily. Uh, living up to that potential, um, you know, the the rest of his career. But um, I thought that was at least at least kind of an interesting uh, look at a potential trade destination. Yeah, I love the upside here. We don't know if Tua is good or not yet. Um, I think a lot of people are just trying to already assume that Tua is not going to pan out, and I just 
it's a really, really, I guess if you get Justin Herbert as a comparison, I mean, the guy lit the league on fire as a rookie. And so you look over and you think Tua must just not going to be someone who develops into a quality starter, but we don't know that yet. And so, um, but honestly, if he's bad and you get him in this deal, who cares? You have four first round picks and a really solid backup in Tua. Um, if he's good, you have Jordan Love you could trade. Plus you have uh, the three first round picks in the next two drafts, which is totally insane. So um, also just let's go all the way crazy. Doomsday situation. Say Tua and Love are both really bad. You have massive draft capital to go up and trade for a new quarterback in one of those next two classes. So you kind of feel pretty secure, even in the worst case scenarios here. So I'm not totally upset about that. So those are our trade scenarios. But I am going to say for the third time this show, (laughs) we do not want Aaron Rodgers to be traded. Uh, But people are definitely still going to complain about this show regardless. So um, to to me, trading him after 2021, whether he plays or not, is actually the right way to go in this scenario because then you know what the draft picks you're going to get in 2022. For instance, right, this is a little bit of revisionist history, but if the Packers were able to get three first-round picks from the Jets this year, that would be way better than any of the draft packages that we've talked about earlier. Why? Well, simply they could have turned pick two into another at least three first-round picks for some team to trade up for Zach Wilson. Now, you're, you're talking about getting a player in pick, you know, maybe the 10 to 15 range and then having absolutely ludicrous draft compensation for the next several years. Trading Rodgers before the season basically ensures the picks you get back are in the 20s or 30s. And remember, like 15 seconds ago when I said if he plays or not, first, I don't really see a way Rodgers sits out a season like that just doesn't seem to be his style, uh, you know, grudge or not. Like, that dude's ultra-competitive. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't lose value to a team trading for him, even if he did sit out the entire 2021 season. If anything, I think you actually gain suitors for him because history tells us a few teams we will realize their young quarterback isn't going to work out during this year, Mm -hmm. and then they become players in the market. So, you know, for me, it's like you, you, you call his bluff, and if Aaron Rodgers really is in this position where he's like, I'm just absolutely never going to play for this franchise again, then you hold on to him for a year and then you trade him next offseason. But yeah. that's just me. That's a really interesting perspective and one that I think I hope we don't have to live, right? This is not what we were hoping for. Again, let's say we don't want this to happen. Um, but my goodness, like I think you're absolutely correct. That's very interesting that... Teams like the Carolina Panthers, who right now have a plan at quarterback, may not have a plan at quarterback next year. The Dolphins may know if Tua is good or not next year. Like Some of these teams that may not be willing to pay up may very well be willing to do that next year. And so that's really interesting. You're right. The draft capital is probably a little bit later if you trade them right now. So very interesting scenario uh, that you're looking at. And maybe a reason why the Packers could fetch. Um, more first-round picks in a deal, assuming that, like, hey, your picks are going to be later and those kinds of things. So we'll see how all this pans out. Again, saying it one more time, we do not want to see Rodgers leave Green Bay. But if he does, you've now heard just about every wild scenario that could possibly happen over the next couple months. Uh, Remember, there really is no historical precedent for a trade of this magnitude. So it is hard to imagine where this goes. It's hard to imagine what it looks like. But if it does happen, 
It's going to be big. It's going to break the internet. It's going to break ESPN. It's going to have ripple effects for years and years. So make sure you stay connected to the Packaday Podcast, and we will help you wrestle with all of your emotions, no matter what those emotions happen to be over the course of the next couple of months. We're with you in this. We're excited to see where it goes, and uh, we're optimistic that maybe things will, will end in a way that's good for the Green Bay Packers and good for Aaron Rodgers. Well said, Kyle. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. Remember to leave all your negative feedback about the show to at Packer <laughs> underscore Pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to also follow at Packaday Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what you're doing. Just a friendly reminder, if you were thinking about rating and you waited till the end of the show, this is your reminder. Uh, you can catch Kyle and myself every Friday. We're going to be back next week with more off-season coverage. And in the coming weeks, I think we're going to have some pretty exciting guests, so make sure you tune in for that. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.